This episode of the A-List Podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag and indeed.com. Welcome into another week of the A-List Podcast. We are also in the postseason as the Celtics are Aishra Blakely, Gary Washburn. Welcome to another week. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. And glad to be that the, the A-List podcast family is expanding a little bit. I shout yeah. out to Indeed.com. We will talk a little bit more about them later, but I'm just I'm glad to be here. Glad that we're rocking and rolling. I thought somebody, was having, make, a baby. I thought somebody was having a baby or something. That's what I was saying. I was, I was like, like somebody me. pregnant? Kwani, you pregnant? <laughs> <laughs> see, see, this is this is That's, how stuff just started, Kwani. See, That's I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying. <laughs> no one on the pod is pregnant. <laughs> okay. We just got another sponsor, which the is... The A-list oh, family is expanding. Oh, we got another addition to our family. <laughs> like, come on, Sherrod. Definitely not. Okay. But this, of this course, is why I hate Gary. This is why I hate Gary. You know what? We love it because he brings the entertainment, <laughs> and that's what the people want. But of <laughs> course, we have to talk him. about what the Celtics brought to the TD Garden on Sunday afternoon, Easter Sunday. That was entertaining. Sunday depending on how you call it, Jason Tatum's game-winning shot, what was your reaction to that? Did you expect that? No timeouts called, just vibes by the Celtics. I, I'm, I'm still kind of like in, in shock over just how that play developed. And, and also just the sequence before that, where they they played great defense. Uh, Al Horford, low-key, with that, that blitzing of Kyrie was just – Really, really phenomenal. And, and getting the ball out of his hands, Jason Tatum did. Everyone did their jobs. And that's the thing about it. It it was, I, I thought this season, they've had trust issues, the Celtics have had. Uh, and I thought what we saw in that last sequence from defense to offense was just a complete night and day uh, performance by a team that made the most of the moment. I mean, they needed so many things to go right and so many people to do their jobs in order to get that win in that moment. And that's exactly what happened. So kudos to all of them. And, and shout out to Eme for actually having a wherewithal to say, you know what? Yeah. We're not going to call a timeout so they can get set up. We're just going we're gonna, to, we're going to attack a bad team defensively and not give them a chance to set up and be better. And that's exactly what they did. Because at the end of the day, you saw Kyrie sleeping at the wheel. You saw KD sleeping at the wheel. And Tatum wisely getting maybe the easiest shot he had all game layup and it mattered most. I thought that the play was um, indicative of how much they, the trust uh, has increased this year. And I just thought that it was a good basketball play and it took advantage of the net slipping on defense. I mean, let's be honest, like Tatum admitted it. I think everyone thought that Marcus was going to make, if mm. not take a three, he was going to drive for, drive for a floater, one mm -hmm. of those floaters, um, to try to win it. And then he found Tatum. I thought it was heads up of Tatum to cut to the hoop. Mm -hmm. Durant got caught ball watching. And, you know, Durant's a solid defender, can definitely affect the game with his size. But like a lot of people, he stood there and watched. Like Bruce Brown and Claxton chased Marcus. Brown leaped in the air. Um, and then that allowed. Marcus to drive right through them, find Tatum straight for the basket. Um, and I, I, here's the thing. I'd have been fascinated to, 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 to ask or to think if Tatum misses the layup, do they call a foul on Irving? Because Irving reached he out did follow him. Yeah. and kind of clutched him. Now, let's say Tatum misses that, 
Leia do the officials and that time do the whole like, well, he missed it, so we're gonna call a foul. But obviously it's a game winner, so they were like, we off the hook. But do they call a foul on Irving for the contact? That'd have been interesting. I don't think they would. But I don't think I, they would have. I, so I think they would have because they know he really. Was, yes, I thought they would might might have called a foul on that. Um, because Kyrie did not try to defend, he tried to kind of catch up. Uh, yeah, he, just try, he made contact. Yeah. But to me, I thought it was a uh, just a uh, indicative of the way they rallied, you know, down 107, 102. And if um if Drogic hits that corner three. Then it's it's then it's probably lights out. He misses it, and Drogic has killed himself over the years. But on that one, he missed, and then you know Jalen comes back with a three. Then it goes back and forth, and I just thought the Celtics poised down the stretch was admirable, considering the moment, considering they easily could have lost that game, yeah. and that shifts a lot of the momentum and the confidence in the series. Not to say Brooklyn doesn't have confidence. I'm sure Brooklyn feels we should have won one game one, we win game two. But I also think the Celtics finally got over the hump of like, okay, we beat, we've heard about the Nets for the last 10 days. They're a behemoth. Irving and Durant, oh my God, they're so good. They're no normal seven seed. They're still can, they still can win a title. It's Ben Simmons coming back. All that, and you win the first game. I think that was a load off for the Celtics. In clutch form, too, at that. But I think that just makes the series even more compelling than it was to begin with. And another big storyline, as you both know, was Kyrie Irving. He was actually fined by the NBA $50,000 for his obscene gestures. That's the way they kindly put it, but it was the middle fingers that he put up at fans, the curse words that he, I would say, relayed back to fans that were saying things to him that he wasn't too fond of. What do you guys think Kyrie needs to do in game two, if he will at all, to maybe avoid another fine? Go on, Gary. That's your boy. Um, I mean, I think Kyrie's just going to be Kyrie. I think at this point, he understands he's the villain. He's embraced that. and He has no problem uh, with that situation. So I think if you're Kyrie Irving, you just play the game. And I think that the Boston, many, some Boston fans, I'm not going to say all, because, you know, I heard Kyrie sucks, but I didn't hear a lot of, F you like I didn't hear that where, where we were sitting. We were sitting okay. Um, now right behind him, I'm sure there were some things said. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I just think the fans are going to be the fans, and not all of them are, are the same. And it's a seven o'clock start, so you know, someone will, have, will be nice and juiced up. You know, I just think honestly, guys, let's just let this go. I mean, let him play. The Celtics have moved on. They have two new superstars. Uh, they're, they're the second seed, like it didn't work out. Okay. It was not the way it's supposed to be all of that. He's a villain. Boo him. Every time he touches the ball, say he sucks after that, let it go. No, no nasty talk, no expletives, no stuff. You wouldn't say in front of your own children. Just let's move forward. Cause I'm just like this topic and the Kyrie against the salt. This is getting tired. Like to me, I mean, you know, He's a magnificent player. Obviously, he's a handful to deal with. It just didn't work out in Boston. Much of it, all of it, not his fault, but much of it was. Yes. Um, He doesn't want to admit it. He's not going to admit it. You're not going to get him to admit it. Okay. Booing him is not going to get this. You know what? I really did y'all wrong. Like, he's not going to say that. 
Okay, he's going to yeah, say it wasn't right. I didn't feel right. This is what happened. See, that's why I didn't want to play here. All of the ammunition you're giving him, he's going to use it against you. So let's yeah. just move on, play game two, play the rest of the series, and shut Kyrie up if you want the Celtics by playing well and, yeah. and, and eliminating him from the playoffs. Other than that, I want to see Kyrie ball. I want to see the Celtics ball. I want to see good basketball. I'm tired of the like all the Kyrie stuff. Like we did this last year. Let's move. Right. We can't do this every year. No, no. And, and I guess that that for me is 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 really the moral of the story. Just play ball and win the damn game. That you don't need like if when fans are saying all this, that, and the other to you, Kyrie, just play the game and win. That's the old that's the ultimate silencer. You know, when you um Bill Russell talked about this a few years ago, uh about just being a part of the Boston Celtics organization and how there's a distinction between being part of the organization and the fan base in Boston and how he was able to embrace the organization, but the fan base, even at home was not hospitable to him. And he used that energy to just play better. He didn't, yes, it angered him. Yes. It frustrated him. But at the end of the day, he had a job to do and that job was to be the best basketball player he could possibly be. And that negative energy that they fed him, he used that to get, to be better. And if I'm Kyrie Irving as brilliantly gifted as you are with no added incentive or edge added to, to that, you need to use that and use it. And I thought for the most part, he did that in game one, but the behind the head stuff and the, you know, fan says you suck. And then he replies, suck, blah, blah, blah. That's unnecessary. Kyrie needs to be better than that. And, and that to me is, is what this always comes back to being better than those who are coming at you and accountability. As Gary pointed out, he's never going to say that I was part of the problem, even though he was a big ass part of the problem. Why things didn't work out. That lack of accountability is why a lot of Celtics fans can't let this go as easily as they could with some other folks who've left, because I think fans understand that. Yeah. Maybe we did have a part uh, and a role in this, but damn it, so did you. And the fact that you can't even acknowledge that, that's a problem. And to your point, he was, like you said, he channeled that energy into 39 points on 12 for 20 shooting. So clearly it did help him. But to your point, I I don't agree with either side, honestly. I look at the fans that decided to purposely record him while saying he sucked in order to gauge a response. And of course, he acted irrationally in the sense of even replying to them. I don't think he, he fell replied. for the bait. He did. He fell and for the bait. He, yeah. And 50,000 may just be chump change to him, but it is. I don't know. I just don't see it as worth talking to them. Just keep channeling the, the energy into basketball and scoring and doing, you know, shutting them up that way. But yeah. And I, I guess we should maybe talk about Durant's performance as well. He had a off game. So, to speak still dropping 23 but of course he's still Kevin Durant one of the greatest players in the world so what would you all both like to see from KD in game two I'd like to see the same thing I saw in game one to be honest and frank I, yeah. that that is <laughs> from a completely selfish standpoint that's not going to happen he's going to be more aggressive he's going to be looking yeah. for a shot more uh mm-hmm. I think he's going to be looking to really set the tone uh, early in the game, whereas I thought in yeah. game one, he was trying to make sure everyone else, you know, got kind of felt as though they were engaged. He seemed a little uh, frazzled in a sense. 
Like, well, I, I think he what happened for him was he saw things that he hadn't seen before from the Celtics. Like before, you know, they're they're accustomed to just really crowding him and not letting him get space. But they weren't even letting him, you know, get to damn near half court where he didn't see multiple bodies in his path. And so he's got to be smarter about swinging the ball and hopefully getting it back quickly. But the Celtics, they had a great defensive plan on, on how to, to really, frankly, minimize his impact while letting not, not letting Kyrie go loose, but they're going, they were more willing to let Kyrie beat them than Kevin Durant. And I, it'll be interesting to see how Kevin Durant tries to try to flip the script in game two. Well, obviously, obviously you can expect Durant to be more aggressive and to be better. Okay. He's not going to miss 15 shots. Okay. He's not going to go nine for 24. He's going to hit some of those uh, mid rangers. He's not going to go one for five for three. The thing is, the strategy is, if you look at the back when Brooklyn played at Atlanta and Durant scored 55, they lost the game. Okay. Uh, and then Kyrie played in that game too. Okay. So you can beat the Nets with Kevin Durant going off. Okay. It can happen because, but you have to shore up other aspects. Mm-hmm. You've got to expect that Durant's going to get his 30. And I believe he worked the refs to a point to where he's going to get early calls. Okay, yep. because you know the the aggression, some of the rip fouls, and not rip, but the rips, the strips of them, the loose ball stuff, the open turnover, the um, you know non force turnovers, where he just you know was stripped or whatever, you know they're going to call some of that probably uh, the bumping that type of thing. Okay, coming off screens, so you have to expect if you're the Celtics that the officiating is going to be different and tighter for him. Okay. But you have to shore up other things. And if you you can't let Kyrie go for 39. If Kevin goes with 39, Kyrie goes with 39, that's probably a win. Okay. So that's a problem. You can't let Goran Dragic go like 2017 Dragic and just, you know, get free to the basket, hit jumpers. And you got to do something with Claxton. Claxton, I thought, was very effective in his minutes over Drummond. And I think one of the reasons the Nets rallied and stayed in the game was Drummond was in foul trouble. So Claxton played the entire near the entire second half. And they were a better team, more active team with Claxton on the floor. So you've got to shore up other things. Durant, you're not going to stop him. You're not going to go for 16 points, or you're not going to, you're not going to go two for 18. He is even though you play the great aggressive defense on him, you are going to have to expect that he's going to be better. Okay, he's going to be focused. This is a, one of the great players of all time, top 75 player, some people top 20 player all time, top 10, whatever you want to argue. Okay, um, you're going to have to expect that he's going to be better. Okay, is Kyrie going to go for 39? You would think not, but you also can't let Kyrie get loose. The problem with the Celtics game one is they let Kyrie get loose on threes. You do not want him hitting threes. Right. Take the twos. If he drives to the basket and makes the contested layup, um, you def, that's fine. Take that. It's when he's pulling up for 28 and swish, that's a problem. Okay. Right. They have to cut Kyrie off on the three-point line, cut those shots off, make him drive and take contact. And, you know, hopefully if you're the Celtics, that doesn't that limits his effectiveness. Mm-hmm. The final player that we should talk about before we move on to game two is, of course, the bigger storyline. I think maybe a little bigger than Tatum's clutch shot, but 
Marcus Smart is the 2021-2022 Defensive Player of the Year. I don't think that really comes to a surprise to either of you, but what was your reaction when you found out? Happy for Marcus. Uh, really, really happy for him. Uh, happy for his family and his, his loved ones. It's funny because uh, mm -hmm. after the news came out, I, I text Marcus and just congratulated him. And, and I, I mentioned how, you know, we, we talked, we, we went back and forth a little bit about his mom and how she would be really uh, pleased and grinning from ear to ear over this. And I wasn't able to get on the press conference, but I, I watched it on replay. And I saw that the very first question from Gary Washburn was about that, uh, which I thought was really cool. Um, this is great for Marcus. I mean, this, this, it validates so much of what he has been about for so long in his career. It validates the growth that this team has had from where it began to where it's now. And it's a reminder that at the end of the day, um, you need you need dogs in order to win in this league. Guys that are willing to get their fingers dirty and, and it just really just be uh, more than just a score more than just your cookie cutter image of what NBA players are about. And Marcus has proven himself to be just that. And again, it's, it's, you know, happy for him again, happy for him, happy for the team because there is a team dynamic to winning a war like this. Uh, and it's just, just a good day for the Celtics all around when, when Marcus smart gets this kind of recognition and acknowledgement. And if we could add that he is the first guard to do so since Gary Payton did it in 96. Which was, I was going to leave that lane open for Gary Washburn since oh, he spent sorry, some time Gary. out in Seattle. Since he spent some time <laughs> in Seattle Gary. and Gary Payton in Seattle and Marcus, I was just trying to be like a good, good well, teammate. Since, 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 since Kawani, little Kawani was in West Orange <laughs> preschool. Orange, get it right, Orange. <laughs> West, West Orange. West Orange, West Orange, West Orange preschool, um, you know, putting what blocks on. Yeah, <laughs> putting blocks on. <laughs> Trying, trying to trying to tell them kids how to spell Kawani. That's fair. That's fair. That's good. Because <laughs> I know she had a tough time trying to get people to how to spell her name. It's not anyway. a Q, guys. It's a K. Yes. So uh, I, I'm happy for Marcus. I think it's well earned, well deserved. I think that you know, I think he's and and guys like Mikael Bridges have helped change the mind of certain voters. And I, and I honestly think this was a situation a year that people just are tired of Rudy, Rudy Gobert. I just think when the Clippers exposed him and they, the, the, the Jazz couldn't play him during the um, playoffs last year because they went small and he couldn't run out and guard three-point shooters. And then this year with Jazz blew a bunch of those leads, I think the voters, just from my estimation, were just like, you know what? You know, he's won three Defensive Player of the Year awards. Like, no, we're not giving a, a fourth one on that team. And I think Bridges is a guy who obviously could have won. But I think Smart, considering the Boston number one defense in the league, he's the head of the snake, the heart and soul of the team, and has been one of the better defenders in the league for years now. Two first team all selections. I'm sure he'll get a third uh, this year because he won Defensive Player of the Year. He should get the first team all defense. Yeah, thing. Um, I think the voters finally said, you know what, it's his, it's his time in his year. He's worked hard. You know, it's just funny, you know, Marcus, you know, 28 years old down. I've always written and said, it's not even in the Celtics for 12, 13 years, but it's only eight. But just a good, well-deserved award for a player who has been heavily criticized throughout his career in Boston. He takes too many shots. He makes too many boneheaded plays. He tries to do too much, but he has harnessed all that 
into becoming, you know, a guy who is just an invaluable piece for the Celtics and is going to be key to their, wherever they go this year. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and the, the big thing about Marcus is that, you know, he symbolizes what it means to have a leader as part of a great team. And as we talked about earlier with our new friend of the family, Gary, friend of the family, indeed.com. Exactly. New teammate, indeed.com. And, and listen, they, they are a great teammate and, and they are about helping you put together your great team. Uh, if you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is a hiring partner where you can attract, interview and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applicants that meet your must have requirements or else you don't pay. You hear that, Gary? If you don't get what you want, you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one, one powerful hiring partner, and that is Indeed. Indeed partners with you on every step of the hiring process, finding great talent through time-saving tools like Indeed Instant Match, which is kind of fly. I, I actually, I, I kind of messed around with that a little bit. Nice, nice tool that can save, we save you time, money, and help you achieve what we all want to do when you're trying to hire somebody get the best candidate who's the best fit and do it in the least amount of time possible and with that instant match as soon as you sponsor a post you get a shot short list of quality candidates with resumes that indeed matches you with the job description and you can invite them to apply right away plus you only pay for quality applications that meet your must-have requirements and uh, on a on a full on a you know personal note i actually got used indeed today uh because one of my students has an interest in working in kind of the olympic sphere if you will and indeed not only do they, they let you know about jobs but also internships so i immediately sent her this application for a job in Indianapolis working with, with USA Gymnastics, and she's going to apply for that internship that I would not have known anything about if it wasn't for Indeed.com. So they actually, I'm telling you, I, I, they, they're a good teammate to have without question. Uh, and again, Indeed makes it easy to hire great talent, and they are four times Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. So you're dealing with a baller in the game. Join more than 3 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And if you start right now, you get a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash A-list. Indeed.com slash A-list. Get your $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job posts. And that is valid through April 30th. So once again, Indeed.com slash A-list. Terms and conditions apply. If you need to hire, Indeed is where you need to be Indeed. Well, All like right. you mentioned, Indeed is the teammate that we're glad to have. But game two is looming for the Celtics and the Nuts. I want to know from you two, you've kind of set your expectations for some of the players, but who are you looking to stand out in the second game of the series? You got it, Gary. Um, I need to see more. I mean, uh, I thought Jalen Brown was solid. I want to see him put more of an imprint on the game. You know, he had nice 23 points, but there was times where he missed a couple bunnies at the rim. I actually played a bad game, nothing like that, but I want to see imposing Jalen Brown, where he matches Tatum and both of them just become that one-two punch like Durant will with Kyrie, where I'm not saying you want to play tat, tit for tat, but I just think they need to see more because you got all you're going to get 
great game from Al Horford. Um, you know, Tice got into foul trouble, as kind of we expected. You know, he's going to do what he does here and there. Not expecting a lot of points from him, but just defensive rebounding. Um, you know, the rest of the guys, as you said, Peyton had his moment, hit a three there. Grant, I thought, didn't have a great game at all. I thought Grant struggled. Um, some of his decision-making and, and some of the fouls. But Jalen's a guy I think that has to be more of like all-star caliber Jalen for them to pull out game two, because it's going to be tough. It's going to be a tough series. Brooklyn's not, Brooklyn, if the Celtics had, had led by 15 and then pulled away to an 18-point win in game one, then I think the whole tone of the series would be, wow, we can't play with these guys. We played our mm -hmm. best and we lost by 18 and we had, right. but the fact that they probably, I wouldn't say should have won because they didn't make enough plays to win. They were one, one or two plays short, but the fact is they lost at the buzzer. The fact is Durant was nine for 24. The fact is Patty Mills hit one shot. All of, all of you can put all the reasons that Brooklyn should have won this game. And I'm sure they're taking all that as fuel and saying, if we're just a little bit better, we can snatch game two, take home court advantage, go back to Brooklyn and try to really take control of the series. So the Celtics are going to need their best game of the season to fight off the, the Nets because th this is the series they wanted, they asked for, and they got it. I'm going to go with Marcus Smart. Um, I, I just think Marcus Smart is going to have to really – put his imprint on the game just like he did in game one. He was not the best scorer. Uh, he wasn't the best rebounder. I don't even think he let him in assist. I think, believe that was Tatum. But there was an undeniable impact that he made on this game that you just, you got to have that night in, night out. The, the, but the, And that's the, to me, that's the beauty of where Marcus Smart is at right now. He has the ability to not just be an elite defender, which is why he got Defensive Player of the Year in the entire NBA. He can do other things. And we saw in the closing moments, Marcus Smart was at his absolute best at both ends of the floor. His defense in that final possession against Brooklyn was about as good as he played the defense individually in that game. And then to top, you know, to top it off, you go back down on the other end of the floor and you validate the trust that Ime Udoka put in you to be the playmaker for this team, to be the point guard with maybe the best pass, the most impactful and important pass that he has made as a Celtic. Uh, because I, I can't have imagined what would have happened if you'd have taken a fourth shot and missed it or, 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 or did something, turn the ball over. But rather than any of those things happening, he made the best basketball play in that moment. And that was to get Jason Tatum with probably his easiest shot of the night, uh, a layup. And, and so, again, Marcus Smart, I think his imprint has to be significant going forward if they're going to continue to, to take control of the series. Before we wrap up and go to our final segment, pick and roll, because we love games on our show. I, of course, have to give some love to betonline.ag. They're your number one source for all your betting and sports information. Baseball is back. If you haven't heard already and you've been living under a rock, you can definitely start betting on some baseball games. But of course, they also have your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. So really anything you want to bet on, they have you covered in that end. Of course, use our promo code CLMS50 for that 50% welcome bonus. Bet online are where the games start. And this game is going to start and end the podcast, pick and roll. Who is the matchup to win in game two? Tatum and Durant versus Durant, Smart versus Irving, Jalen Brown versus Bruce Brown, or do you have another one that, that you want to watch in this specific game? 
I got one. The one I want to watch, I want to see Al Horford and Drummond. I think that's a, and here's why, because those guys are X factors that depending on how they play will go heavily towards determining who wins. Al Horford clearly outplayed Drummond. And there's, to me, that was one of the main reasons why the Celtics were able to play with a lead for most of the game. Uh, Al scoring, his rebounding, his defense. He was everything that Bruce Brown said that the Celtics weren't going to have at the defensive end of the floor. Al clearly took that to heart. Uh, mm-hmm. So again, that's that's the matchup I'm looking most forward to seeing. Um, I think I'm going to need to see uh, Jalen Brown on both sides of the ball against Bruce Brown. I'm not. Ex- I'm expecting more offensively out of Bruce Brown. I don't. He was. He took 19 shots. That. He took 19 shots in the playing game against Cleveland, and uh, uh, he didn't have nearly as much. Uh, you know, he had a he, he had a key three, corner three. But I need Jalen to dominate that matchup because, as we saw, Bruce Brown cannot guard Jalen in the post. Jalen was able to take advantage of that. You know, I mouse in the house, too little. I need to see monster Jalen Brown, um, and obviously, first playoff game in two years. He had the bloody nose. Um, you know, so you can give him, say, all, you know, that he wasn't quite himself because of a couple of factors and also uh, observing Ramadan, you know, so afternoon game. But this is where the money is made. And I need to see a uh, locked in Jalen Brown, on both sides, dominate that matchup and draw for that matchup because you kind of think that Durant and um, Jason will even each other out. Perhaps uh, Kyrie is going to make his impact offensively. Mark is probably defensively. Yeah. You know, they're not going to even each other in, in, in scoring, but they'll probably even each other in, in, in offensive slash against defensive mm-hmm. impact. So I think I need to see Jalen just say, hey, you putting this dude on me? Okay, I'm going for 30. Yeah. For flashy reasons, I'm looking forward to Tatum versus Durant, but we'll see what happens. Game three is coming up. This has been the A-List Podcast. Thank you guys for helping us recap what happened in game one for Aishra Blakely. I'm Kwame Lunas, and that's Gary Washburn. We'll be back next week to recap what else goes on during the series.